This is part one of a two-part podcast. Hi, my name's Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. Not going yet. All right. See how they're going right. now? Yeah. It's counting. Yeah. So that's how you know it's running. It's counting. It's not you got to make sure it's going. You need the numbers. Yeah. That's how you know. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's I, a, did, I didn't know that. Modern, modern contraption. We recorded two podcasts where the numbers weren't going, so it's always good to start the podcast. It is good to start the podcast. People right. expect it at this point. <laughs> at this point, yeah, they say, that's how you know that we're recording. That's how you know you're listening to this show, not some other lame show. Right. All right, so this is Paul Wheaton, and I'm here with... Julia Winter. And who the fuck are you? <laughs> I'm... <laughs> yeah. All right, so you're on the staff at permies.com. I'm on the staff at permies.com. You've been a supporter of, like, everything I've made. Pretty much. This is your third trip to Wheaton Labs. This is my third trip to Wheaton Labs for the purple and brown schmoozeroo. Which is in progress. Which is still in progress. Right. And and we're trying to do all these rocket oven things, and, and you're trying to help out with that um, right. tomorrow. Yep. Tomorrow. We're going to try to film making pizza in the rocket oven. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful pizza. <laughs> Beautiful Instagram-worthy pizza. So now, and then on the Permaculture Smackdown, I I think I see you there almost every time we record that. Yes. Yeah. I tend to be there when you're doing you're that. You're in the notes. Yeah. You 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 sometimes send me uh, snide remarks, and sometimes you ask good questions, and sometimes we'll be talking about something, and you'll provide you like do the research while we're talking, and and provide that. Sure, I do. Yeah. 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 Do you, do you want to uh, mention your professional life, or you want to keep that discreet? Um, I think it's already it's already on permies, so I'm a pediatrician. Okay. All right. So so uh, which means you're also a physician. That's right. You need to be an MD to be a pediatrician. <laughs> yeah. It's a In most piece. states. Okay. <laughs> And and you're in. You're we have an ND in our office, a naturopathic doctor. Yeah. And she's basically functioning as a pediatrician because that's Oregon, Oregon and Washington. Do I'm, that. I'm not. Did you ever pronounce Oregon the wrong way before you moved there? Oh. Yeah. I know I pronounced the Willamette wrong. <laughs> I know right. I did that. I, I got think corrected. I heard you say that. Yeah. And I can't remember what you said, but it was like. You're like, oh. Do you mean do you mean Willamette? Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I think you said like Willamette or something. <laughs> yeah, I think like, I said what? the Willamette. So now, um, uh, I'm from Eastern Oregon. And uh, there's I, there's a county that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to not say it out loud to see if you mispronounce that, because Jocelyn mispronounces it even oh. still. I don't know the names of counties uh, in Oregon. Yeah, okay. So you don't so you don't know the name of towns or anything like that. There's a whole. Okay, all right. It is a you small. Could, you could pull it up on the screen and ask me to read it, and it might be funny. No, or we okay. could just no, start no, no. talking Let's, about. The we're movie. going to talk today yes. about a movie that we watched. Yes. And now, before I go the Patreon thing, you've been a Patreon supporter for a long time. Yes. And um, I appreciate your support. Uh, podcasts uh, mm-hmm. uh, currently run in the red. Yes. Uh, uh, even with the Patreon support, uh, uh, the YouTube videos are are a little shy of breaking even. Okay. Um, 
But uh, I don't know. One of these days, it would be great if uh, we could get, you know, I don't know what, figure things out and whatnot. But you've now you've been here uh, a couple of days on this trip. Right. And you've been unfortunate enough to get to spend lots of time with me. It's oh, hard. It's hard. Yeah. Oh, so hard. It's it's like I think people I, I, I when I say that, I think that it just sounds like I'm making shit up. So I appreciate when somebody comes by and they get to see it firsthand. Uh-huh. And and then it's like, uh, you know, so so we were just talking about Breakfast with Spider-Man. Right. And, and the idea is I'm trying to say, like, the people around Spider-Man don't know that he's got ten times more crap than what they're going through, but they're like complaining to Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And um, but I so now you've got now, now you've got a very full life. I happen to know a few details about your life, but now um, does this seem a, a bit tougher, perhaps? <laughs> a different it's flavor. It's different. It's yeah. a different flavor, but yeah, there's just a lot of crap going on. Yeah. Yeah, and we're Kinda trying to all make the it time. lovely for people constantly and perpetually. The server goes yeah. down. Got to freak out about that. The, you know, um, uh, people keep being human. Uh, yes, people being human all the time, and we got to sort that out. And they think that they're helping, but really they're like making a clusterfuck. And uh, but we've got to so they so we got to treat them nice, even though they're kind of the cause of the problem. And then. But at the same time, you know, it's a, I, I do think that there will be a day when we will have a lot of very lovely people here. And well, there's already more. Uh, there's a lot more going on here than... And the first time I came was it four and a half, five years ago. I think right. it'll be five years this August. Right. So when you first came, we'd only been here like you two were, or three months. Right. You were just here, and it was just a lot of dusty rocks and, and conifers. Oh, yeah. It was just, that's all there was. And you came back I, when Burrow was here. I came back when Burrow was visiting and uh, brought a couple staff with me. And the berms were here. Yeah. But they were just And we got stuff of, growing in them. Right. There was some stuff growing in them when I visited. Right. But now they're they're green. You know, and there's like lush. all this stuff growing. Yeah. Like the greenery that's in there is so thick. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff you can eat, you know, and... Yeah. Uh, just a lot. I was doing chop and drop because there's the grass is going so crazy. So and a couple and we want the grass to grow. Right. And, well, I'm not I killing mean, like, the grass. I'm just cutting it. That, no, then, no, and that would be a another podcast for another day. Is like you know how, but it's like the show that we're watching today. It, mm. it, in a way, it's like this guy is fucking awesome. He is doing it. And at the same it. time, I'm 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 mega jelly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, but. But I'm kind of like thinking like, but we're taking a longer road here. And so he's doing things that I don't want to do. Right. He's, he's doing, doing he's things doing, that I did in the past. Right. He's doing um, sort of like organic farming. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got he's got vegetables in rows and he's got broilers in movable um, pens like Joel Salatin does. And he's got hens, 350 of them in an egg mobile. Yeah. So it's kind of we're gonna we're gonna get to that. I I do want to mention that by the time people listen to this, our our rocket oven Kickstarter will probably be going. Okay. And and uh, you know please support it for all the reasons. And uh, you know yeah. Right. You don't have to you don't have to support it at the at the super high level and get all the things. There's going to be really <laughs> nice stuff 
at at lower contributions. So right. the more people that participate, the better. Yeah. And if you can share it with your friends and say, look at this cool stuff you get for not much, then that's really helpful because it's the word of mouth that really pushes these things over and the we'll, finish line. We'll be doing the 20% kickback for people, you know, so people give a we'll oh. give people a magic link. So I, you've for the did, super referrals. So now you've done some referrals. I've gotten kickback for PDC, I think. Okay. Like I made referrals to PDC. Yeah. Yeah. And um uh but last uh, the last Kickstarter we did, I think I ended up paying out something like $8,000 in kickbacks to people. Um, and so... Um, so you pod people, you are the special people, and you might be able to yeah. use one of those links. Yeah, yeah. Just and ask, reach out to your people. Ask for the magic link. Although we did have a, we did have a lot of people who uh, asked for the link, and then I think they just bought something for themselves. Like, I got a 20% discount. <laughs> well, and it's like, okay, we're not falling for that again. Okay. So we got to make up some kind of rule or something like... You know, there's you don't get twenty percent discount on your own. There need to be right. there needs to be more than one purchase. Something right. I, like I don't mind giving you a twenty percent discount on your own. If you also if get you two also other people, got a bunch of others, you know, yeah. it's like yeah, but but it's like it did seem pretty obvious there were a bunch of people that were just doing it for just themselves. Well, then you could say that it kicks in on patron number three or something. Something I gotta I gotta I gotta make something up. All right. All right. Gracie's Backyard. And so this is a Kickstarter that was going on at the same time as my Kickstarter. And I encouraged my people to go and support this Kickstarter. Right. And so this is an Olivier production. And um, and he's I, the guy that did the permaculture orchard. Right. Which was also beautiful. And uh, there's another one which I kind of want to do a, a podcast review of, which is the uh, permaculture skills. It's a four DVD set. Oh wow. Of uh, Ben Falks. Oh, that uh, would be cool. That would yeah, I think it'd be really cool. But I've put off watching it because I want to record a podcast with it. Right. And um uh and, and there's a long list of podcast stuff. And of course, as you're witnessing, thank you. Julie, Julia, for yes. witnessing it. There's a lot happening here all day, every yes. day. And it's very hard to do this. And it's, it, yeah, so it's kind of like, um, uh, I appreciate, yeah, I, I, in fact, the the message for the last, since the last Kickstarter is critical mass. Yes. I believe the thing that I wish for, and I get to wish for whatever I want to wish for, I wish It now, is good to want. It is good to want things, and and so I'm expressing a wish. I wish for a critical mass of lovely people here at Wheaton Labs. They can all have different stories. Ant Village, we've got a new ant in Ant Village just mm-hmm. started. Uh, Jeremy. A lovely young man. Yeah. 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 He's he's talking about getting his own YouTube channel going. He seems like a very sharp dude. Yes. Um, and, uh, of course, Boots in the Boot Camp. Um, uh, we have a woman who says she's going to, like, fret it. She's going to be here for years to come. Um. And she's been here for several months already. Of course, Fred, now at three years. Um, and then, uh. Fred is a huge asset to oh, this yeah. place. Jocelyn. Jo- yeah, well. Huge asset. Yes. And then the giant doofus in overalls who's struggling all day and his breakfast with Spider-Man. You don't want to be around him. Just, Sure, yeah. you think you do until you get here. <laughs> you think, <laughs> I want to hang out with Bob. It'll be me and Bob. We'll be besties. And it's like, you know, oh, the shit hit the fan again. And it's like, ah, the, ah you don't want to be around that. You don't want to be around that. 
But, no, really, you should come. Uh, and yeah, I would, if nothing else, come be a ringer for a couple of years and help us hit the critical mass and get it going. Yeah. And um, I'd love to get a natural builder here who would um, build on spec, like like. They're going to build a Wafati and all that stuff, and then somebody's going to buy it. Because we do. We have, like, eight people who say that they'll come here if there's a Wafati right. they could they're buy. They're not DIY people. They're like, yeah. I would like to buy one of those so I could have one. And live there. Yeah. Yeah, but, I, I you know, building it is like, meh, I don't know. Not my bag. So, um, and there is one ant plot available that has a structure on it. Oh. And so, and that would be at no cost. And so there's a there's a path. There you go. All right, all right. Gracie's backyard. Um, my first note is, it's an hour and fifteen minutes long. Mm-hmm. I I kind of always thought that if it's a DVD thing, it's got to be at least ninety minutes. And so, the rocket oven Kickstarter we're about to do is for a DVD, and we are gonna. It's a it's a full two hours. Full two hours. We kind of feel like you if pay, it's, if you pay your money. You should get your two hours. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and Dan and I have been working on it for six months. So we've got some polish in on this thing already. And, and of course, you've already seen the Kickstarter video, right? Yeah. No, it's good. And Dan makes really good videos. So he, I'm looking forward to this. And it's a different Dan. we got a new and improved Dan. <laughs> okay. But the Dan, Dan that I, I mean, but Dan, Dan Oman is who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Dan Oman makes good videos. Yeah. Yeah. I'm bad at names. I don't know who the other guy was. Okay. He, yeah. He was a different Dan. Different. Okay. <laughs> Lots of dance. So the, so, lots of Jeremy's, uh, lots of dance. All right. Gracie's Backyard. I've got a couple pages of notes. Uh, do I have three pages of notes? One. Yeah, i got three pages two. of notes. And a half. Okay. Yeah. Um, food in Rose. Um, uh, that kind of broke my heart a little bit. And um, I, I kind of wanted to see at least, like, can we have three things in a polyculture? You know, but it was all, like... Little rows, like a row of. They were pale. wide rows. They were. They were wide rows, and he said he was doing no till, and they were using the broad fork. Which kind of seems tilly to me. Some people say that's not tillage because you're just separating the layers. You're not turning. So like a plow gets True. in there, cuts and flips things, and the broad fork just aerates the land, is what I hear about it. It looked like he was doing more narrating, uh, and that looked like some seriously tilled soil. Yeah. Um, what I noticed is that it was coniferous forest. I'm sorry. I, I think I think the I got to preface what mm-hmm. I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. I'm going to preface my three pages of notes. Okay. With saying, um, uh, Richard Perkins. So this is all about Richard Perkins, and his operation in Sweden. Um, he's awesome. I'm a dumb fuck. Um, I mean, okay. he's he's currently cranking out food. Yes, there are serious amounts of food. There's there's serious that people are paying for. We are we are. Uh, I'm taking a path where I currently am. I, we've got food systems. We we do have food systems here, yeah. but they're 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 weak compared to his. And and when I feel like we've got our food systems working at a hundred percent. I think that they would probably still be about 30% of what he's doing because mm-hmm. I don't want to do a market garden. Right. You don't want to drive a van full of food to the city and give it to people for money. Which is what they were doing. Which is what he's doing, yeah. And and uh, um, But the fact, and I don't know how long he's been there. In fact, we we kind of stopped the movie and had a little discussion about like that. how one, long, but, yeah. And, and it's like it kind of seemed to be somebody was suggesting that, they, that he's been there for 10 years. And you were saying like, no... 
That guy just suggested that Richard Perkins has been doing on that path it for ten years. For ten years, I think he's been on the land for something. I think that. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just wondering if Gracie was not born on that farm. Because I think if she was born on that farm, somebody would have said it. So I'm thinking he's been on. Honestly, he said these trees. We, the first thing we did is plant these trees. And none of them yeah. were that big. Right. But then how big did they get there? True. It's Sweden. And, he said and how he big does that kind of stuff? I mean, that was gooseberries. Like, we planted these gooseberries when we first got here. And that's they, true, got true. A, yeah. they got a little shrubby, you know, thing there. And I was kind of thinking, like, yeah, that could be five years, maybe six, depending That's on what I was things. thinking, five or six years. So yeah. maybe it's ten years. And, and you know, uh, I did a, pod- a podcast with Maddie Harland yes. a long time ago. And, and it kind of seemed like uh, she had... Uh, taken on this property to turn into a big project and it sounded like it was this constant struggle and pain and and like more work more work until they hit the 10 year mark and when they hit the 10 year mark then it kind of seemed to be self-propelled and it Mm. got way easier Mm -hmm. um and a a stronger forward velocity also Mm -hmm. so now this guy uh richard perkins it looked like at at first it's it's uh the beginning of the movie we're like okay who the fuck is that and and as like is she his daughter? Oh, they weren't identifying they people weren't at putting, all. Yeah. Nobody nobody got identified. You kind of got a feeling of who it was at the end. Yeah. And uh, but it's like okay, it turns out they've got like twelve people living there. Yeah. And it's ten hectares. So that's twenty five acres. Okay, that's uh, that was a question I had. And they're on twenty five acres, and they have these interns. So, yeah, I would imagine, so there's Richard and his wife, and then there's Gracie, who's Gracie. like maybe four, five, She's five, going on six, six yeah. Or do they get Yeah, her? one of them refers to her age. Okay, okay. He says, I don't think she's six yet. Okay, all right, yeah. all right. So then, um, uh, and then there's a baby. Mm-hmm. But So I'm going to take a stab and say there's like nine. So there's one guy that's the in charge of the market garden. Right. He's the market Who garden Who was manager. previously an intern. Who's, he and previously, previously took, took a, a, PDC. a PDC there. Both things. Okay, both things. He did both those things. And then um, I'm going to say that there's like eight interns. Okay. Does that sound about right? Maybe, maybe some more. Of them, some of them loved being there more than others. Yes, that is fair they, they to all, say. I think it's, it's like they all liked being there, but some of them loved being there. <laughs> or maybe the ones that didn't like being there, we never got to interview them. Yeah, yeah, maybe you so. You didn't hear from the Because there was that one scene where they're having a meeting, and not everybody looks all that happy at that meeting. And, <laughs> and I, I feel like that. there was more than eight at that table. It was a big old That's table. That's what I was saying. Is like, how many are at that table? Yeah. And then he specifically said that when they first got the farm, they had 20 people. And they were planting all these trees, and the neighbors were like, well, you're working hard. That's good. We respect hard work. And then Key of the Boot was in here watching it with us for mm-hmm. a while until we had um, drama interrupt our movie. And um, and at the beginning, it's like, it's like uh, okay, who's on the farm? And and it's like, well, this woman, she's like she's like the picture of health. 
Yeah. And then we're talking about like, well, what does that mean? Like, what do we notice about her? So then I, so then we started talking about how she's not wearing any makeup. Yeah. And you were saying like she looks a lot younger because she's because not wearing. she's not wearing makeup. Because you're like she could be 16. I'm like no, she's at least you know. And I said she looks younger because she's wearing no makeup. That's true. So I was kind of she like, was glowing. It must be a daughter. This must be like a daughter <laughs> or a niece or something like right. that. And and uh, then we're kind of like and towards the end at the end of the movie we realized she's an intern. Right. And she's probably like. 2021. Yeah. But then we started like every every intern that popped onto the screen was like picture of health. They all looked awesome. And we were all, we were commenting on like okay it's that no makeup thing mm-hmm. and and we're kind of talking about how different regions in the United States some people it's like lots of makeup right. and then like in Missoula not really much at all. Mm-hmm. And um and then there was one woman who we think was possibly from Italy or she she referenced Milan. Okay. Yeah. And uh, but she had makeup. And, she had eyeliner at least. And green and Kia, hair. Kia thought that Kia thought the eyeliner might be a tattoo, so it wouldn't come off. Oh, well, and she did not look like the picture of health. Like yeah, the gr- green did. hair is not flattering yeah. to your skin tone. <laughs> not so. It's I, striking. All right. I I'm so we got it. We we kind of got a feeling. So you know, there's a lot of interns, and for a, a while we were kind of like, what? going on but all right all they right. explain it by the end uh they're on slope so yes. it's 25 acres on slope which i'm kind of like go team permaculture it's like well oh, they I'm were talking so about how glad. we got this land that nobody thought was was worth anything and he said you know i needed land that had buildings on it i could use and that that had access to international travel. Yeah, close to international transport. Yeah. Which that was the like one of the top three on my list to be within an hour of an international airport, specifically the Missoula International. Right. You had airport, you had a particular one in mind. Because uh, well, after looking for a long time for land, mm-hmm. I finally got to the point of like, you know what? I want to go where I really want to be. Right. I want to go get land near Missoula because Missoula is the best town in the world. So uh, now you've you've lived in Portland for a while now. I've lived in Portland for a while. <laughs> yeah, and so and, and I think we both know that the stuff about Portlandia has a lot of truth to it. Portlandia is a thing. <laughs> but yeah, Portland is terrible. You don't want to go there. Really, don't do it. Don't do it. We're so crowded. Oh. You really. Oh. People people see the show and they're like, "That's what I want some of that." Is that what what's going on? I don't know what's going on, but yeah, so we're I, getting traffic I, and stuff. I lived in Portland for two years when I was like 21 or mm. something around there. And it was a different place. It was very different. Yeah. In fact, I moved out because it just seemed like such a a gray town Gritty. with gray people. Right. Everybody just seemed exactly like they all wore the same clothes. It was like without culture or character of yeah. any kind. It has totally changed from that. And I feel like I was just drowning in blah. Yeah. You know, and, and now people it, have bumper stickers that say "Keep Portland Weird." We have those in Missoula too. Yeah. Yeah, but usually the Missoula bumper stickers are like the the bumper sticker that shows the little billboard with the peace sign on it, mm. and then we know what that means. There you go. Yeah, and so we don't need English language. We, we to know. show how weird you are. To to show Missoula. Mm-hmm. Now in Missoula. I don't think you have a world naked bike ride in Missoula. That's true. There's there's not, but there's one of those in Seattle. Oh, Seattle. Yeah, I believe yeah. it. 
it's part of the solstice parade in Seattle. So, I mean, those it's are something. Those I, are something. I ran across it the first time randomly. Those that are was, something until you've been into them like the fourth time, and then you're kind of like, yeah, naked people on bicycles. A lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah. Now, in Seattle, I don't know what they do in Portland, but the cool thing in Seattle is is when they start doing the bicycles, mm-hmm. uh, the naked people bicycles, there's 500 of them, mm-hmm. uh, the police are, of course, lining the parade route because there's a parade that follows. The bicycles are officially not part of the parade. Oh. And then, um, uh, so then the bicycles start just before the parade officially starts. And so the, what the cops do is really kind of cool. They... Um, when the when the naked bicyclists start to show up, the cops start to police uh, away from the parade. Right, they turn their backs on they, the street. They turn their backs and on they the, check out the crowd. Technically, technically they're is, breaking the law, so they're like, they're I the didn't, what are you talking? I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is kind of it kind of shows how the cops in Seattle are really cool. Yeah, pretty cool. On and that. if you've got a problem in Seattle and you need police, the police will always help. But my, uh, for a while, I was in San Diego, and I was told, unless you like general bullet hole pain, probably not a good idea to mm. call the police. Um, there's probably no problem that you're experiencing that the police can't make worse. Um, so I never had a need to call the police. I never got pulled over. Mm-hmm. But I did hear stories about people getting pulled over and getting shot, which is like, that holy shit. That is a shit. thing that happens. Yeah. <clears throat> um Wow, we've wandered off. We are really. We need to get back the to the Sweden. Go back to Sweden. Okay, 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 okay. So Signs are in English. Close, uh, close to international transport, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh yeah, yeah. And then they're on a slope, and um, I'm thinking right on. Uh, one thing was is that they did say um, so 25 acres, and later on they did say something about. Um, uh, how they couldn't have ruminants. They didn't have enough land. Well, I think what he meant was we didn't have enough land to do ruminant business because then they do have three cows. Those are ruminants. We saw the cows. Yeah. yeah. But they're not. But see, but then the guy was milking the cow just sitting in the field. Whereas when they were doing the chicken, which is part of their business, it was like this super clean stainless steel tile walls. Everyone's wearing white and's got nets in their hair. Yeah. Super Swedish. Following all the rules. Yeah. And so then the the milk thing was very casual. So I think that's just like they have a couple of ruminants, but they didn't. When he said there's no room for ruminants, I think he meant there's no room for a ruminant business. Maybe so, because you're right. They did have the cows. And, and they were it looks putting like up goats, hay. too. They were putting up hay. Right. Um, I went to a uh, an artisan dairy event in Washington State about 12 years ago, 13 years ago. And um, then there, a gal got up to present her portion of it, and she apparently is the like working for the USDA for dairy inspections. And for her presentation, she started off with like a, a line art drawing of a woman milking a cow in a field. Mm-hmm. And um, and then when the image went up, everybody there cheered. And they're like, yay, that's and, it. And she said, no, 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 no. She said, now I have to take the image out of this presentation because what you see there is against the law. 
Right. And and then her whole presentation was about how at that and at that point they were phasing out all grade B and grade C dairies. Oh. Um, and you were only they were only going to allow grade A dairies. Which everything's pasteurized, homogenized, and all that stuff. It has to be pasteurized, homogenized, and all your plumbing has to the plumbing mm-hmm. has to be cleaned every day. Which you know in a way makes sense, but you would think yeah. like oh I could just run some scalding hot water through there and I'll be right as rain and it's like nope (laughs) nope you need every pipe needs a clean out and and basically it it sounded like if you're going to have a dairy at all it's $250,000 minimum right so you are right milking that cow out in the middle of the field was like you know, under a shelter, but yeah, it was just and, hand milking into a bucket. And the the woman basically said something like, you know, like suppose you're going to have a cow for mm-hmm. family use. Mm-hmm. Do you really want all of your family to die of listeria? And it's kind of like, yeah, how many cases of listeria have there been from people doing that? And then there's the whole thing of like, um, and she, people at the event, the students, and there's like 50 of us, mm-hmm. wanted to talk about raw milk. Right. Instead and of she's like, no, 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 yeah, we're not talking exactly. about that. Exactly. Oh, man, yeah, that no, is just. We're not going I there. I mean, in the last 50 years, two people have actually died from raw milk. And it's like, well, how many people have died from pasteurized milk. Well, you know, that's not a fair comparison. Right. And it's, and it's like, like well, I, I think I think we can make it a fair comparison. So anyway, yeah, she, uh, uh, that was, um, it, it, she basically didn't have any useful information. But we did get a lot of useful information about what the law requires. Yeah. And, and she was also like, do you want to have friends over for dinner and have, you know, you have them over for dinner and then they all die of listeria. How do you feel about that? And it's kind of like... It's like, stop talking about dying from listeria. I think you're going to have just as much chance of dying from, like, whatever's in your well water. You know, like, instead of drinking raw milk or whatever, they... Or the hamburger you got at uh, Walmart. Oh, there you go. That'll kill you. But I had a a two-year-old girl with with, uh, listeria and she was sick. And she had diarrhea, but she did not die. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Where did she get the listeria from? Raw milk. <laughs> I, I mentioned that it. The raw milk eliminates It's super everything. illegal in Wisconsin. Um, but I said something. I said, you know, uh, milk is a source of listeria, and the mom does. You know, like people do that double kind of yeah. like, uh huh, yeah. So, yeah, don't, don't, don't give it to the two-year-old. Um. But it was just a bad case of diarrhea. You know, well, it was ba- I, don't, I don't I don't culture diarrhea very often, so it was bad. <laughs> it was a really bad case of diarrhea. Okay, okay. I thought that raw milk pretty much obliterated nearly every kind of uh, pathogen. Well, well, milk. I mean, milk has white blood cells in it. And, I mean, there's been some interesting things. This is human milk, because I'm a pediatrician, so that's what I know. But they've actually done things where they do bacteria counts on freshly pumped human milk. Uh-huh. And then they let it sit, sit on the counter for, like, two hours. And they come back, and the bacteria count is lower yeah. because there are living white cells in that milk that are munching bacteria. You know, so, like, yeah. milk comes with its own defense system. Right. But, you know, I mean, that's the thing. I, it wasn't their cow, you know, like this woman was buying raw milk 
and we were just talking about how humans being human That's and true. all that. And so if if it's your cow and you do everything and you're preparing this milk for your own children, I think that everything stays very clean and nothing stays room temperature for too long. And, you know, all these things happen. The, the, the cow puts its hoof in the bucket. The, and then uh, and then that pees becomes in it, poops in it. pig food at that point. And, but Right. But then some people are like, well, we're getting rid of it with those people down the road. They're not going to know. Right. Or whatever. You know, just yeah. it just depends if some somebody wasn't meticulous. They don't clean the udder very yeah. well. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. We could have a whole conversation about raw milk, but I think we better keep moving. Right. 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 Okay. Salatin pins. They, yes, they, they were using salatin pins for the broilers. I mean, like, uh, not, not any, not any, uh, because uh, for me, when I did salatin style chickens, uh-huh. I came up with like seven different pen designs. And, and I just did not like the, the standard. You didn't like that low to the ground, wood. half of it covered, half of it open. And the, the, the main it. problem I had is when I would move the chickens. Then of course all the chickens run to the other end, and you're pulling uh-huh. the the pen. <clears throat> and then since the chickens are at the other end, and you're pulling the pen, the back end of the pen is dragging on the ground. Okay, right. And then like once every ten days, a, a chicken ends up getting pinned under that. Ugh. And I hate that. I just I cannot stand that. Mm-hmm. And it's like it was a, it was a showstopper for me. And so I needed to come up with a design. So that way, um, and so I, I did. I, I had um, all of my pens had little gates on them. Mm-hmm. And so I'd pull an empty pen up to a pen with chickens in it and line up the, the gates. And I'd open the two gates and the chickens They'd would run from to one to the fresh other. Grass, right? But it's hard to get that pen up But now the you're other. moving things around. Like it's simpler. The Salton, they're just like they're tracking along a row. Yeah. 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 No, I'm adding work. But the thing is, is like these pins are way too heavy. I need to get a lighter design. And mm-hmm. so then, like as I've got the whole my whole article about raising chickens 2.0, right, uh, is full of pictures of all the different contraptions that I built. And in the end, I prefer a different system. At richsoil.com. Yeah, right, but so he was doing that. standard salatin pins. Very standard. And um, I'll in fact with Cornish cross. Cornish Rock Cross. Broilers, yeah. Yeah. Um, ugliest chicken. Yep. And also tastiest. <laughs> they like, have a purpose, yeah. which is to eat and, and uh, be eaten. Right. Yeah. And uh, um, so I saw a lot of stuff around his operation, which looked very Salatin-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, I kind of think that he, I mean, that at one point in time, they had a key line plow out there. Yeah. An actual yeoman's. Yeah. Yeoman's, whatever it's called. Keyline Plow. Yeah. Yeah. From that company. Yeah. Like shipped from Australia. Right. Big old plow. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and they were getting like real beautiful grassland. And, yes. And then that one gal out there kind of measuring it. How yeah. beautiful is it? Let's measure. Every Let's week out. she had a, like a one meter by one meter square and she would plop it down and count the species and then cut everything and at like it. a particular height and then weigh the green yeah. matter. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was very good. Um, but uh, so it's a little bit of Salatin, and um, I was kind of thinking a little bit of Mark Shepard there. I was, uh, you yeah, know, thinking with smells the Sil- like Mark Shepard. Silvo pasture. Yeah. That he's got all of his pastures. Well, not all, but a goodly number of pastures with uh, trees. I can't remember how far apart they were, but rows of trees on the key line. 
with big uh, pasture gaps in between. Yeah, yeah. And and he made a point of saying, like, the gaps between the trees need to be a consistent width. So that way, when you drive your tractor between in that area for something... Right. You can it, fit. Yeah. Well, you, A, you can fit, and it makes a consistent number of passes to do it. So you're not wasting a bunch of fuel and right. stuff. And so I thought I thought that was really interesting. <clears throat> um there was a market garden, and in fact, uh, they they had the new market garden manager there, mm-hmm. and um, uh, his thing was is like, um, why did? Oh, in fact, here here I got a quote here. Uh-huh. Why did you pick me for the market garden manager? And then we stopped the video and we kind of talked about it a little bit at right. that point. And I was kind of speculating. Because you were the only one who said yes. <laughs> and, and I was saying, well, I mean, Richard Perkins said he had taken my PDC and he had been here as an intern. And, you know, and, and the implication being that the guy was reliable. And it was almost like he saw it. Didn't he say he saw it like on his social media that he he posted oh, right. a picture of a book cover about market gardening? And yeah. so then he's like, hey, dude, you want to do that? You can come back here and do that. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, the guy's like, oh, wow, really, me? And then as part of the interview, he's like, I've only read that one book right. about any of this stuff. And look at me, I'm in charge. You yep. know? But I do think and that that's there, what happens. there are people who come through, like they come through here, mm-hmm. and and they're like, clearly got it together better than most of the people that come through. Did you listen to the podcast that we did with Joseph Loft- Lofthouse? Oh, yeah, that was great. So my favorite part of that uh-huh. is when he said um, he doesn't uh, allow people to help him because uh, 19 out of 20 people, it makes it so that when they help, he gets less done. He gets It's more work. Than if he just did it himself. Right. Um, but there's that one out of 20 where... He'll he'll get more done than if he does it by himself, mm-hmm. and so then that's okay. But it's like it's so hard to tell people, like you suck, right. <laughs> you know. And so he's just decided it's easier to do it myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do it. Just do it yourself. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> we have we have had a lot of wonderful people come through, and every once in a long while there's somebody where it's like, wow, they really they, they're. They're a natural. They get it. They're getting a lot. They get a lot more done. Right. But for the most part, um, we get people. They're, they're people. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I don't want to say the. Well, no, I'm going to say the most part. Basically, Joseph's analysis is very accurate. Okay. And and then um, uh, people um, think that they're doing ten units of work, but it's like you know what? It, Only one of those units really worked. <laughs> There's a, there's a bunch of stories. Yeah. So then if you get a if you get a reliable you know good farmhand who really knows his way around, they'll usually get four times more done than than like um, you know from the gappers from the old gapper program mm-hmm. uh, kind of a thing. I I think that the that the boots that we have now are getting a lot more done. Are getting probably twice as much done. That's because of Fred. Fred because of yes. Fred. Fred. That's how. That's one of the ways that everything's getting better here, because you have somebody who can who can do that guidance. Oh yeah. Who can yeah. you know be right there and be a communicator. I mean, and be a communicator. It's amazing how a gentle Fred, communicator. Yeah. Oh yeah, Fred. Yeah, Fred should make podcasts instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh wow. But uh, but yeah, uh, Fred Fred conveys a lot and hardly any time, and then he's a very nice person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, gentle communicator is a great way to put it. 
And and so people authentically like being around Fred, whereas I think anybody who's around me for two hours, they're kind of like, I thought I, I listened to your podcast. I thought I would like you. (laughs) Where's the door? (laughs) Come on now. I've been here for two days. You've been here for two days, but you're also used to me. Yeah. And I think I think there's like uh, a lot of people where it's like, well, they can't. It's like, uh, yeah, but but somehow you're one of the exceptions. You can I you can be around me longer. Take it. All right, moving moving along. Um, what what have you got a note of? I just thought it was impressive that he said they serve ten thousand meals a year. And I was like, dang, that's a lot of meals. That's when I was like, what is the population of this farm? That's about. 25 to 30 meals um, per day. And then, like, let's say it's 30 meals a day. Oh, so 10 10 people, people. three meals a day. Okay. Yeah. Although we were were postulating that the interns probably don't stay 12 months out of the year. Like, a goodly number of them are probably there for half a year. But then they also, when we were watching, there's like a a dozen people there. Yeah. You know? So and he may be rounding up or something. And then it just they, seemed like a lot of. And meals. then they might have a PDC and they're serving oh, more food. Oh, and then there's a bunch of meals there. Yeah. Then they definitely do PDCs. I think, I think that one of the only ways this farm is working is because there's a lot of education going on. Yeah, and, and in fact, it gets into the economics of it here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I and I just I really think that the economics are a critical component, and it's. And it's really great to see him doing this, but um, and in fact, part of the economics. I mean, we both have written this down, and we talked about it uh, along the way in the movie. Mm-hmm. And we were just now talking about how much work an intern does versus yeah. a pro. And part of what they said was is that they had this guy back as a guard manager, and they said, "So these people come and they work, and we don't pay them; they're right. interns." Right. And um, and then they actually pay. Oh, do they pay yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, that was mentioned. They are paying for the privilege of being on that farm and learning about it. Okay. I don't know how much they're paying, but they are well, paying. Well, I know that at some point in time, you mentioned Zaytuna. Yeah. And Jeff told me that those guys pay him $7,700 to be there for six weeks. And wow. That's probably Australian dollars, but still. But still. <laughs> over $1,000 a week. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's and then he had 20 the the year he told me that he says I got 23 of them here right now. And it's like <laughs> you're like must be nice. King. <laughs> yeah. And so whereas um the boots pay $100 Mm-hmm. Once, once, <laughs> and they can be here as long as they want. As long as they keep showing and up. And then, and then, if they're here for a couple of years, we give them an acre of land. It's true. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, some of them uh, trade out for a PDC or something like that. But, but still, okay. So they're paying to be there. Part of what he was saying though is you come here and you do the work, and then it's possible that if you do, if you work hard and you're good at it, that we'll have you back for a paid position. Right. He said that he was hoping that in the future he could have more paid positions. That he felt like he was yeah. still developing, developing his systems, developing the farm. He is. Yeah. I mean, it's clear that he is. He's. I mean, like the, yeah. the market garden alone, it seems like they tripled or quadrupled the size of it just that year. Right. Yeah. So and um, I got it written down here, uh, quoting him as saying, "Scaling up permaculture." Mm-hmm. And so it's like right. I, he wanted to scale it up to the farm level. Um, it mentions the educational hub thing, and it does seem like there are a lot of classes and stuff that are going on there. But there are, there's a lot of chickens. 
There's a lot of market garden. Yes. There is actual milking of a cow. Yes. There's, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that they're really doing. And then, um, uh, there was, then we were talking about like, well, what happens when winter rolls around? And then I was saying like, that's when you start getting in, into your forestry stuff. You start mm-hmm. doing all your woodland kinds of things, right. but also equipment repair. I mean, there's an enormous amount of stuff that you do through the winter. Right. Uh, year round work. Because, um, it's dark out. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, we've got to fire up the shop. We've got to turn on the lights in the shop. We've got a ton of stuff to do in here, things to repair, things to repair for, things to build to get ready for right. when spring comes. Right. Um, and so you have boots here year-round. Year, well, I want to get to the point that we do year-round, uh-huh. but um, Fred takes two months off in the winter. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, this last year... This last year, we were going to have two of the boots stick around through the winter, uh-huh. and then um, they changed their mind. So if you're a well-established boot, and you've been awesome through the summer and the fall, you yeah. might, you might, you'd be, you'd probably be welcome. I, I would like, so I kind of like the idea that eventually um, somebody in the boot camp program is going to stand out as, you know, being able to sub sub in for Fred from when time to time. When he goes. And then, like, you know, help to keep things going through the winter. Yeah. But it's the problem we're facing is critical mass. Right. And so I kind of feel like what happened last winter is is that one of the boots was leaving for Thanksgiving. And that would have left just one boot here and no Fred. Mm-hmm. And as I said, you don't want to be... <laughs> My, Exposed on a daily basis. To me, yeah. And <laughs> and it's like I tried to facilitate, and it's like, but it's it's. I think it's hard to be in the same building with me as I'm trying to juggle all the things. There are a lot of things to juggle. And and it's kind of like, um, I mean, and it, uh, I think that what you need to have is somebody who's a such a patient communicator like Fred who will mm-hmm. be working with you elbow to elbow. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to me, where it's like the server crashed again. I got to go and deal with that. Right. And, and uh, or today we've got well, you, and you've been involved in this. Mm-hmm. We got nightmare person acting up on permies. We got to figure out what to do. Right. And uh, or. You know, sometimes there's more delicate things, or there's somebody who's saying, like, you know, hey, I want to do a deal with permies, and it's like, are they a scammer, or are they legit? And uh, so there's always things to sort out. And then, of course, for the last six months, I've been working on uh, Rocket Oven video. Rocket Oven. (laughs) And I got a book in the works, and it's like, so there's, there's so many things I'm working on, and I got, like, my calendar's full all week, every week. Right. (sighs) <sighs> All right. right. Educational hub. Yes. Oh, and then as they were working in the market gardens, I was a little saddened to see so much garden fabric. I was also yes. a little sad to see them pulling weeds. Right. Pulling them out. Yeah, put them in a basket. Are. Pulling weeds. And then, and then they put them in a compost th- pile because you're not really a compost pile <sighs> kind of guy. So what was up with that? What, that was a compost pile, right? I think it was a compost pile. Because it was in the barn. Because it's in the barn, it's a compost pile in the barn, touching the wooden wall, and it was raw wood. I was glad to see... It was untreated wood. It was a beautiful barn. I was glad to see untreated wood. So happy to see that. But why have your compost touch that? Because then it's just going to compost that wood. Yeah, that's a bad idea. So that's that's not good. And then at one point, you said, like, I don't think it's compost. I think it's manure in the barn. 
But then the guy is like spraying it He's with a hose. Spraying it with water. Like, why would you spray manure? Yeah, and it's like, so it must be compost. And then they were loading it onto that trailer and putting it on the, the garden. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think that that was, that was compost. Yeah. But, um, yeah, um, I kind of feel like with the portable shelters, you know, but, but then maybe it's because they had um, cows, like, in the barn. For months. Swedish and, winter. Yeah. And yeah. and that's what all of that yeah. was from. Although I think Joel Salatin's system is cooler with the roof yeah, right. that deep, rises the, the, the deep bedding. and yeah. The, yeah, that one didn't look like the roof went up high enough. No, the, the roof wasn't system. that high. Yeah. 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 But um, that was a lot of material that was in the barn, and he's wetting it. With with raw wood around as the barn, and I'm kind of yeah, like, it's like well, ah. all right. Maybe Richard Perkins watches that video and goes, "Wait, what are you guys doing in there?" <laughs> yeah, you know there was there were several points where I kind of wondered if he was going to watch the video and he's going to go like, "Okay, guys, no, <laughs> no." <laughs> so, um, all right. One of the things was is that the food, all the food that they eat there, mm-hmm. comes from a 50 kilometer Radius. Although there was, they said that they said that, that they said he only sells food within a 50 kilometer radius. Uh, he wouldn't right, right, sell right, to customers right. more than 50 kilometers away. Right. As a matter of principle. Which Salatin does 50 miles. Right. This is closer. And, and I guess. So this is like going to be more like 23 miles. Yeah. So yeah, even closer. Tight. Yeah. Very of course, he did say he very was cool. close to an airport, so he must have a metropolis. True. Not that far. True. At least one. Good point. Very good point. Um, I, you- I, th- I just thought it was cool that we saw the guy loading up eggs, so many eggs, and they weren't washing them. And I just think it's worth it. It's interesting to know. I saw him washing them. He was wiping them with a cloth. Okay. But the in Europe, the way I was I was explaining to me in, in in Europe, it's illegal to wash eggs, and in America, yeah. in the United States, it's illegal to not wash eggs. Yeah. And in the United States, you're expected to like submerge that you know, like really right. wash them with a sanitizing solution, and then you're removing the bloom, and then the eggs go in the refrigerator. Whereas right. they delivered it to the grocery store and they just stacked the eggs on the floor. When I was growing, when I was, when I had layers and mm-hmm. I was selling eggs, mm-hmm. then um, the eggs that left my place had chicken shit on them. Mm-hmm. We did not wipe anything off. And and if anybody asked about it, we said there is a protective layer on the egg right. that helps to preserve the egg the bloom and and you don't and if you wash it in any way you're taking off that protective layer yeah now if you're about to eat the egg then and you're that's a good time to wash the egg if, and if you feel like this is a, an issue then by all means now is a great time to wash the egg you don't need the protective layer anymore right. you're seconds away from popping that egg open right and so yeah, you're going to lose all the protective layer once you open the egg right so um now is a great time to wash it but no we it's like uh you know sometimes there is shit stuck to the eggs and that's that's the way it is and uh mm-hmm. so. i know that makes my husband crazy actually cuz when we had layers i didn't want to wash the eggs i wanted yeah. to just have them in the and then wash them before i use them and he was like Gah! i don't like he didn't like it well you're right and he's wrong <laughs> hey like, can you hear me can you hear me now <laughs> okay 
Uh, oh, they said the thing about no dig, which I put in quotes because it's kind of like... <laughs> you were skeptical. You're like, that looks I'm like digging like, to me. I, I'd like to see you do less dig than that. Okay. And I, I'd like that. And I realized, and again, it comes back to the whole thing of like, you guys are cranking out the food. Mm-hmm. I mean... He has a model. He wants to demonstrate like, you can farm, you can farm and make money and and make the soil better at the same time. Yeah. Versus... You you see you know your plan is like a whole new system like with a, a different level of purity, you know it yeah. seems to be purity is like a key. I am shooting value. for some very serious purity that's like probably three levels higher than what they're doing. Yeah, and and so part of it is is like okay we got raw land, let's make very pure structures. Right. For people, and then they can start to grow the very pure gardens, mm-hmm. um, which are uh, hopefully more no-till than their no-till. They're, right. They're no-tiller. <laughs> right. Like good, better, best. Yeah. 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 I, I want to. I mean, I, I. The thing is, is that some of that ground that we were looking at kind of looked like somebody'd run a rototiller over it. Mm-hmm. And and I was kind of thinking like. And then they're then they're taking the digging fork to it, mm-hmm. and um, I, I was just kind of thinking like I would like to till less than that. Yeah, but they but did they're also do, have but some But they're carrots. doing annual vegetables in rows. They had carrots that looked like the carrots had been spending time in a serious no-till system. That's true. Their carrots were gnarly. Yeah, yeah, and I'm thinking like that's what carrots are supposed to look like. Right. Yeah, they weren't like yeah. a foot long and skinny. Yeah. So, um, and we're also getting into a system that has no irrigation. I don't know if his systems had no irrigation. I didn't see irrigation. Did you? No, I th- I think the climate there is a wet summer. Okay. All right. All right. Um, I have a note here about they're in Sweden. Yes. But most everything was in English. Right. The signs, um, like the the signs instructing volunteers, hang wet gloves here. All, every that was all in English. The English because yeah. he had people from. Multiple countries. Yeah, uh, but English was the common language, and he's American. Which I could see. I could see why people would rather like if there's somebody in Missoula uh-huh. that they will fly all the way to Sweden to go and learn from him rather than come out here. Because and you're giving me this weird look right now. Like what? And I'm kind of thinking like no, because right now he's got chickens and cows. Oh right, and he's got all the things. Market garden, and it's like if you're at level one or level two, and you're like dreaming of these experiences, uh-huh. then what he's got is going to seem ten times dreamier than what we have here. Right. What we have is, you know, natural building and some structures and right. standards that are so high not, that we don't have chickens yet. Right. Not a lot of livestock at the moment. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like we don't want to use electric fence. We're going to use mm-hmm. because I feel like electric fence is like it's not within my comfort zone anymore. Mm. And when I saw his electric fence, I was thinking, I, you know, I got a lot of experience with electric fence, and there mm-hmm. were things about his electric fence I didn't like. Mm. And and it's like, um, uh, so the the thing is, is that, and the other thing is, is critical mass. Yeah. If you go there, there's a dozen people there. Right, and they're all doing the things, and so like, if these were young people, some of them. Did did say like I want to. This is what I want to do. And some people just I don't know, seen it more like as a life experience. Yeah, like I'm here for the summer. Yeah. I, I'm kind of thinking about leaving now. Like I got what I came for, and I'm. Yeah, you kind of could read between the lines a little bit. Yeah. Whereas there were other people that were like, this place is the best place in the whole world. I'm going to be here forever if he lets me. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so, um, but I I do think that in many ways what we're doing here is better, but it it's like it's the whole critical mass thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, if we had six people here year round, then I think we would easily get six more people here year round. Nothing succeeds like success. But I see a lot of stuff happening, you know, because I went away for two years and I come back and I can see the jungles. You know, kind of yeah, the jungles and just, yeah, there's a lot more to eat here than there was two years ago. Well, that's true. A lot more. Yeah, and there's a lot more, you know, buildings and there's a lot more yeah. of this and that and, and the other cool thing. Stuff. And cool and, stuff. And, yeah. People it, are harvesting morels oh, yeah. by the. Oh my Did you God! See Fred's Morel Mountain. Yeah, it's what was like, that, like twelve pounds. I of think morels? it was fourteen pounds of morels. I've never seen so many morels that in was, one place that wasn't a farmer's market. How many morels do you think are in that pile? Probably five hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Hundreds. That was that was an amazing. I've ones. never seen a pile of morels that big, big ones, before. Big ones, little ones. I've I've seen a grocery sack full of morels, but this is five grocery sacks full of morels. Yeah. Yeah. It was this like is, almost four buckets. And that's just yeah. from today. Yeah, he did he did almost as many yesterday. Yeah. He yeah. doesn't have room in his dehydrator for these. I don't know. I don't know what he's gonna do with them. That's uh that's that's my dehydrator. Okay. <laughs> You're right. Did I say his? In the dehydrator. The, yeah, that? There you go. I'm okay oh, with right. that one. Okay. I'm okay with that one. The dehydrator mm-hmm. is stuffed to the gills with mushrooms right now. Uh I've got something on here about um meals are from walking distance. Meals are from walking But that can't be... I mean, I imagine that they have a lot of meals that are entirely... Oh, their, their meals, the food that they eat. But, yeah, they have meat and they have veg. I didn't see any grains. And so unless they're going all paleo, they're probably importing bread. Well, we, we did see a meal where they had bananas. But they were talking about their greenhouse and how there were mangoes in the greenhouse. Oh, that's right. So I got the impression that the bananas that might have been from the greenhouse. Possibility. Okay. We saw them using a food dehydrator. Yes. And and we were kind of like, okay, well, you know, I don't want to learn more about that, but they were just they just, either they filling just showed it or them putting herbs in. Yeah, we don't know what the power was. It looked electric. It's probably electric. It was really big. It's the it, size of a closet. Um. Let's see. And we, I've, I've got the note here about the, about the makeup. We were talking about how right. we see like, uh, like women in Missoula tend to have little to none. Women in Denver tend to have quite a bit, and then uh, women in Texas are uh, triple dipped or Even something. More? But you know, Tammy Faye Baker comes to mind. But it, it just seems like it's, you know. You go with whatever the other people are doing. Sure. And in this environment, everybody looked so incredibly healthy. They all looked awesome. And yeah. no one was wearing makeup. Well, and except that, for that one woman. Except uh, with the eyeliner, yes. Yeah, yeah. But she wasn't wearing any other makeup, which was interesting. But I think I think that's another thing, too, is it's kind of like, um, you know, when you're trying to eliminate toxins, it's, it's like when you're like, uh, you go to an organic grocery store, and then somebody comes out of the gro- organic grocery store, and they light a cigarette. 
Right. And it's kind of like, what are you doing? And, and I'm kind of thinking like, well, we're trying here at my place. We're mm-hmm. trying to solve a lot of this stuff. And a lot of it is like we're making big sacrifices and a lot of things so that we can have a cleaner and to better avoid environment. avoid toxins, right. To avoid toxins. Yeah. And one of them is, is like we don't allow people to smoke here. You know, mm-hmm. so in fact, we don't allow any tobacco here. Right. And it, and it just seems like there's a lot of people that show up and it's like, yeah, I don't want to have any tobacco. And, and there's other people that are like, they write and email and they say, achoo. They say achoo. Bless they, they, they say that uh, uh, that's just stupid. You're, you're mm. eliminating 90% of the people that want to come out there. And, I, and I'm kind of thinking like, I, I think I'm eliminating the correct 90%. Right. Um, because it's like their, their value set is different than mine. I'm I'm so bonkers about creating a space with such strict values, and it's like having somebody here smoking would just undo all the other work. Right. And so it's like no, this is this is kind of the values. So I kind of feel like I've never had a value set that said anything like what women can wear as makeup, but. Then again, if a woman's wearing makeup, I'm not having to breathe in the smoke from her wake makeup. Right. You know, and, and there's no secondhand makeup. Shouldn't be. Now we do, you know, I I think that uh, we we do ask people to try uh, going poolless. Mm-hmm. And um and part of that now is we've been doing it so long, and uh, that when somebody comes out of the hall bath and they've used any kind of product, it's like everybody in the house smells it <laughs> because you're so used to not smelling it. Mm-hmm. And and then it's like, uh, you know, they're trying to, you know, make it like, oh, I didn't use any. And, it, and it's like, we all know you did, man. We can all smell it. <laughs> you smell like Irish Spring. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and, and, that's all right. So, but uh, I, I kind of feel like most women here tend to not wear makeup. I've seen it a couple of times, mm-hmm. but I was kind of being really impressed with that factor there. And I'm not sure if it's something, but it does seem to, to align well with the permaculture. Thing. If you're trying right. to have a less toxic life, and man, no matter how natural your makeup is, it's it's got to be just loaded with toxic ick. I mean, most uh, lipsticks still contain lead. Lead! Yeah. And so, um, I don't know. I, There's I a whole a world of natural makeup out there. And it I will still say contains toxins. It's, it's just a different kind of toxin. It's uh, very expensive. And it's still toxic. I don't know. <clears throat> okay. You, you don't know. Yeah, th- there you go. I don't recall you ever wearing makeup, but I suppose that you've got a couple of uh, bits and bobs at home for those special occasions. Well, and I, and I bought some for my daughter because I'm not going to make her... Oh. Go with that, and that's how I can tell you it's expensive okay. if you get your if you get makeup at a natural place. This podcast is continued in part two. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com/slash Paul Wheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts.